0: Hello, folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast, where we cut through the bias and extremism in order to find common ground that
1: brings us together. (laughs) I'm Sense. And I'm um, Theory, and today we have a very special year straddling episode of the Sense and Theory podcast. Uh, uh when this episode comes out, it's actually going to be January the 2nd, but right now we're still back in 2019. It's almost Ooh. like time travel, yeah. So, today we thought uh, we'd have a little bit of fun, and we're actually going to have a round table discussion. The actually, our our, our table is square, and not, not everybody's actually sitting at the table, but we are having a round table discussion with with a couple of guests uh, who have been on the show before, and we're real excited for it. Uh, first off, we have Duncan, uh, who, you know, all of you heard in our episode in American in Taiwan. Uh, what Duncan up? Duncan is back.
2: Back in the USA, baby. <laughs> there
1: he is. He's actually able to be present with us in the room today. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're real excited. How are you doing, Duncan?
2: I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on again. Looking forward to, uh, you know...
1: Talking Tooting the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we're also joined by a first time guest. It's actually uh Seth. Uh Seth is a friend of ours and somebody who has uh listened to and supported the podcast pretty much since the get-go. He was actually uh in in a big sense, kind of our, our beta listener, like the OG yeah. beta listener. And uh we really appreciate uh everything that you've done to help support us so far through the show and we're really happy to be able to bring you in today for this episode and and
0: also and, unlike all you freeloading listeners out there has actually supported us on Patreon too. So uh yeah. <laughs> if you guys decide you want to come
1: into the inner circle, maybe we'll invite you on the show one day. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you, you also you get a special hat and a keychain. No, actually we don't have merch yet, but but, uh, uh, Seth, how you doing, man? Glad yeah. to have you
3: I think I'm doing all right. I'm still kind of processing it, just being here on the show with my
1: idols. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's really
3: overwhelming, but we'll get through it. <laughs>
1: well, thanks. Uh, yeah, no, we had an opportunity. Duncan was in town. You know, Seth's in town, and we were able Uh, Actually, you know, in large part because of the support that we've had on Patreon, a little help from Duncan to get four mics in a room and have a conversation. I'm really excited about. Yeah, super
0: cool. We actually paid for lunch with Patreon funds too. That was cool. (laughs) That's a write off, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Thanks, guys.
1: So, uh, so jumping into it, guys. uh, The first thing that I, you know, kind of wanted to start the conversation with was, uh, you know, as we cross over into 2020. Um, what, do, where do you guys think like this thing is heading? And I guess we'll, to kind of narrow it down to, to start off with, uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with this election next year? Like, like, what are your thoughts on the field and everything? I think, you know, Duncan, we'll, we'll start with you, man. Uh,
2: if you're, if you're a betting person, uh, I'd put your money on Trump. <laughs> <What? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's my, we're going to
0: reelect an impeached <laughs> president. Is that <laughs>
2: absolutely. I think
0: that's, they got the to close no. articles
3: over to the Senate, to Technically impeach him, I guess. Yeah. Well,
0: I guess I mean he's <laughs> impeached, right? The blot is there. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's still a trial to be had. But whether if whether he's removed,
2: but if they switch the the how if the Congress changes and it never gets sent to the Senate, then he'll always have that asterisk by his name, like not formally taken, you know, taken to court or.
1: Whatever. Yeah, yeah, impeached but no trial. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is kind of it's it's almost like a Barry Bonds like asterisk, right. So, <laughs> right? But so, do you think? Um, you think looking at the current crop. Of Democratic candidates and even adding in, you know, Bloomberg, who's kind of, you know, uh, Johnny come lately, working the, the outside, yeah, yeah. working into this thing. Yeah. Um, You think Trump still eventually, you know, retains the presidency come come 2020?
2: Yeah, I think the odds are just in his favor. I mean, the, the Democrats are, are up shit creek and there's not I, I don't think they got much <laughs> hope this cycle. But and I mean, that, I could be wrong. I is could that be wrong?
0: because the economy like. I, I don't understand what's what's so great what what people are still clinging on to, you know, with with the Trump presidency. I mean, sure the economy is going great, but the the deficit is huge. Yeah,
2: like, but I you mean,
3: can't care about one and not care about the I, other. I don't think voters really care about yeah, those yeah. things for the most part. It's it's about the it's about it, the brand. It's about yeah, yeah, yeah the name recognition. If it's, if it's, it's reduced, reduced to hand.
2: popularity contest, I mean, the the Democrats have to offer something something equally, you know engaging or you know attractive as as
0: and biden and bernie are the closest they got right biden's got he's got the obama brand and and bernie has obviously built his own brand you don't think biden or bernie touches trump at all i mean not in a
2: general no man i can't see it I i can't see it happening
0: i feel like bernie uh on the last election i feel like trump borrowed so much from bernie sanders that if it was bernie versus trump like Bernie wins on authenticity, especially seeing as you know Trump ran on anti-corruption, and we still see massive amounts of corruption uh, in our government. We've got you know on the one hand, Trump's going, "Oh, oh, 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 oh you're you, Joe Biden, you're hiring your son for political," when his entire family is like sitting at, at top seats in the White House,
1: like none of that phases him; true, it just true. all rolls off his back. It's I, true,
2: Teflon Don,
1: man. He's well. I think I. What's what's interesting is, I guess, at that point, I think that almost whoever the Democrats nominate has has an excellent chance at beating Trump, provided they can keep from eating themselves, provided Mm. they can. You know what I'm saying? Like the Democratic coalition. I mean, they're arguing about it right now, like everywhere, like online. There's you've got, uh, you know, people saying basically whoever the Democrats nominate and then, the you know the, some of the Hillary supporters from 2016 were like, well, Hey, Bernie bros, you didn't do that last time. So we're not going to do that this time. And then people were like, Oh, but Trump is, you know, this existential threat. And they're like, Oh yeah. So maybe we should. So like they're, they're going back and forth about it, which is interesting to me because I wouldn't have thought that would have been a concern going into this election year. I would have thought everybody would have been like, if you're a Democrat, I would have thought you would have been on the same page and being like, no, whoever the Democrats nominate, we're going. <laughs> I, to think, get that's, Trump I out think that's I think
2: that's how they felt like you know the first six months after the election. But yeah, but you look at the look at the field now and and just spend a day on Twitter and it's it's quickly falling apart. I mean, you really think that they can keep the the youth vote with a with a Biden candidate? I don't I mean, think yeah. so. No,
0: right. I, I think if they nominate Biden, it's over. I I, I think that that battle's lost. I think Trump's going to pull out all the videos of him being really creepy with with little girls and little boys. Uh, he's going to pull out all the stops and what's, what's Biden going to do? I mean,
1: what, how do you defend against that in a public forum? I, you know, I don't know. Well, conversely, I also don't think that, you know, moderates and stuff like right now, I think Bernie's actually, you know, he's showing signs that he is taking the lead. Yeah. And I don't think, um, that when it comes down to it, when we get into the general, I'm not sure that the independents and the moderates are, are going to follow. Well, I shouldn't say when we get to the general, when we get, through this primary season, I'm not sure that the the establishment of the Democratic Party and some of the independents and the moderates are going to follow him. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's like I, I really do see the potential here soon for a, a huge breakup or split in the Democratic Party if they don't iron this shit out, mm, yeah. um, because I think that's what you have. You've got the kids are not going to go for Biden and, and, the you know, the older folks are not going to go for Bernie and yeah, the, in the Walmart, flyover
2: states, so. the flyover states are not going to. Gonna endorse a Bernie candidacy,
1: yeah, and and I think because I think they're afraid of the big bad socialism. socialism boogeyman. Yeah, of is course,
2: that? absolutely, man. It's just the natural aversion. You know, you've got like you've got a generation or two of of Cold War programming that is just like, nah, nah. Anyone, that's, anyone. That's close It's funny to,
0: because what wh- weren't you just telling me about a, a a poll came out this morning or something? Forty yeah, percent well,
1: of. Some and some, some such surveyed that uh, uh, 38% were favorable to communism. 38% of millennials now support communism, Uh, which are favorable or have a favorable opinion of communism which is up uh, 10% from, I believe, five or six years ago. And is that not absolutely terrifying?
3: Yes, Uh, (laughs) it is. It is. is, is. And
1: and, and that's, you know. Forget democracy. Come on, Mal. Bring it on. Well, it, it kind of puts, I think that that, you know, we give people a hard time and we say, you know, we say the flyover states don't want to support Bernie and and. You say, oh, well, that's silly because it's, it's not actually, you know, communism. It's actually like this democratic, democratic socialism, socialism. <laughs> you know, for instance, uh, what is it? Ocasio where Cortez. we all agree to give the power over <laughs> Ocasio Cortez gave an interview the other day for a, I believe it was like a, uh, not Telemundo, but like a Spanish, uh, uh, TV network. And she said that she absolutely isn't a socialist and it's like, have you seen your green new deal? I, I would beg, what do you think a socialist is? So so you get into this issue, uh, what I'm saying, it's Antiques. like on one hand, we want to say, well, if we're just talking about nationalizing health care and we're just talking about doing this and helping people, that's not communism. That's, that's actually like, you know, in step with some of the European countries and whatnot. But those older people in the flyover states are like, yeah, but, but these 40% of these people say they, they're cool with communism. Yeah. so it makes that slippery slope, New Deal. It makes that and it slippery slope, slope argument like actually
0: come into focus for them yeah They're like yeah. wait a second you know there might be something to this when these millennials grow up are they still you know still going to be favorable we're going to start nationalizing steel are we going to start nationalizing manufacturing mm-hmm. are we going to oh if our foods are if we're in trouble with our food situation so let's nationalize the farming and you know
2: yeah. are, are we going to put five-year quotas on like state and you know agricultural output and shit like old yeah. nebraska better have this much by 2025 you know right
1: right well, what, do you, what do you think seth about um like, you know, Warren and, and Buttigieg and stuff. Like when you look at that field, is there anybody that like, you feel like you can put your weight behind?
3: Uh, no, I mean, really when it comes to both of the parties, I think just with the track record of, of, you know, decades and generations of lies and continuous harm toward people, I, I, anybody that submits to either of the parties, I really can't fully get behind. Um, I, I think to be able to get to that to that point, you've already really compromised a lot of any kind of moral compass that that you may hope to have. So, you know, but I would say if 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 I were to you know believe the things that they're saying, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say I would say <sighs> that I would say that Andrew Yang comes off as authentic. Uh, I think he truly cares about people. I think he's got very different ideas than, than kind of the status quo that we're used to. He's other than his lack of experience in government and, and leading people, I would say he's probably the most attractive candidate to me as far as what I think would work within the Democrat party and, and you know, their expectations of, of, of the candidates submitting to them and working within their ideas and, right. And me still accepting them as kind of you know a moderate and not being too far one way or the other. I would say, I would say probably Buderjed is is the most attractive that fits within the mold of what the party would expect. I,
1: I think judge was there personally, and and this is you know conspiratorial and everything trying to read tea leaves. I think Buderjed was intended to be the fix. I think now now that I've seen you know we did an episode not too long ago about all the candidates and everything. Well, actually, I guess it's been a few months now. But having watched things unfold, I think the idea was that you could slip Buttigieg in there and be like, see, no, 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 no. Okay, you don't like Biden. That, that we got, we got old Pete. Yeah, I mean, Pete's yeah. cool. He's Pete's got some of the same ideas that Bernie does, but you could also still look at the Biden supporter and be like, no, man, Pete's cool. Pete's not going to go off the rails. He's not going to be a crazy socialist and everything. So that was the idea. But the second he got floated out there, that whole not eating themselves thing I was talking about, he got eviscerated and yeah. he got eviscerated from both sides because on one hand, you had uh, the moderates in the, in the Biden camp and, and, you know, even Republicans out there pouring gas on the fire, you know, saying, oh, look at some of these crazy Bernie policies that he's got. And then on the other hand, the the super woke crowd and that wing of the party was like, no, he's he's, he's not he's not gay Clinton. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not gay enough. That's kind of where they were coming from.
0: Plus, back Black people in South Bend don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so he, we can't he, support He him. worked
1: for a, a medical care company, and they, you know, all of a sudden, like all this yeah, Oppo yeah. research started yeah, flooding yeah. out, and and it hit him hard, and it, you know, and I don't, I don't think he's going to recover. You yeah. Know, really and how is
3: anybody stop. with any kind of diversity culturally whatsoever gonna support somebody that has a campaign dance like that man has <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah i just saw that a few days ago i was like no nah, it's over sorry pete
0: <laughs> well i, I want to bring it back real quick to something you said because it it rings really true with me and that when we're talking about wanting politics in the united states to fundamentally change where can we expect that change to come from like at on one hand, I also feel like the the Democratic Party and the Republican parties have been failing us as long as I've been alive, as long as I've mm-hmm. been paying attention. So my instinct is to look somewhere outside of these structures to find that change. Right? I feel like that the the rot and the corruption is so inculcated into these structures that pff, why do we even you know why do we even bother? At the same time. Those structures of power exist, and and can be used. I feel like and channeled towards something better and something greater. So when I see a candidate like Elizabeth Warren, for all her flaws, um, a lot, a yeah, lot. sure, yeah. sure. For all her flaws, I feel like she has some big plans that will fundamentally change the structures of our institutions. And she for, comes off as authentic
3: better. when she's telling you those plans. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> not necessarily, but, but I guess my, my point is that with Warren, I feel like she, she, she plays ball. Right. And I, I don't, I'm not a person who plays ball at the same time. If you, if you want to win, you've got to play ball. Like at, at some point you've got to say it is, it is totally unrealistic to come outside of these two structures and, and and just and just gather a win, you know, like what we're gonna have, see a snowball rolling down the hill turn into an avalanche like like that's not gonna happen, so to me, at some point, you've got to make some concessions and say like I'm okay with with playing the game because eventually it's gonna get better right and and i and I think it's 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 like idealism versus practicality that's what we always talk yeah. about on the show yeah, right yeah. principles versus principles practicalities. practicality at some point you've got to compromise your principles and maybe you don't but i feel like at some point you've got to compromise um for the practical for the practical benefit of society and to me warren checks those boxes like yeah she lied about being a native american she makes up stories about things in order to get you know this emotional draw yeah. from her supporters but you know, at some point, I feel like you just got to play the game.
2: I, but I just don't. See, for Warren specifically, I just don't see how the the tide is against her in, in this in this cycle. At least, I feel like the tide is against the Democrats, generally speaking. And like my uh, my comment on like where do how do we start? How do we transform this? Is I would say look at the writing on the wall and play the right angles. And what I mean by that, this might sound shocking to some, but I think the Democrats, I I think the GOP is is a safe bet for for the next election for for going into the early 2020s and seeing that both parties have been failing us for a long time i say punish the democrats like if they're the first ones that need to go that will suffer a radical transformation or or a split then let it happen and and that's when that's when we'll see a margin for for third parties for local like regional movements to to jump into the mix and i think this is what this is what we need to balance out the the political environment in washington across the across the country you
0: know ordinarily i'd say you're crazy but um a very <laughs> close family member of mine who's been longtime democrat um has recently come out and said like i just i don't feel like i can support these guys and i think a lot of the country feels and you know especially after this impeachment stuff like she was really flustered by the fact that the democrats did not let the third check and balance come into play and 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 rule on the subpoenas. Oh the courts. Yeah, the exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think I, th- <laughs> I think you're right. You know, well, maybe th- we just need to let them get swapped. I think well, when
1: you say punish but the at Democrats, what cost? I think I think one of the things that we have to bear in mind is it's it's almost like counterintuitive. We can see a split ready to erupt in, exactly. in the Democratic Party, right? But I'm I'm not so sure about. I think that when Trump is gone, whether it's this, the, yeah, election, the GOP yeah. will or, split too. Within four years, yeah. the GOP goes to Pete. Who I follows see it too. up but, Trump? But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I'm saying. So it's not. I think the way you framed it feels like you know we'll we'll hammer on the Democrats and and the GOP will hold it down for a little while and then eventually we'll try to break them up too. No, I think we are on the cusp. Of those two parties falling apart. Falling oh, that's so incredibly exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it maybe may be overly optimistic, the, but I mean, I can see it. It's yes. a scenario that seems plausible these days. I would say the one thing that makes me
3: slightly more, and don't get me wrong, I despise both parties, um, close to equally. But the thing that makes me slightly more comfortable with the GOP, I would say, is that I feel like within the GOP, you actually have different ideas and people that are debating things and not everybody's on the same page, just to where the Democrat party has turned into a party that it's like, you're going to fit into our mold or we will destroy you and cast you out. And they are deciding how you have to live your life, the words that you have to say. and, And if you don't fit in that mold, it's not that you made a mistake. Or or anything like that. It's that you're evil and you have yeah. to be cast
0: out. Well, I think you can you can look at how how Tulsi was treated over her vote on the impeachment. You know, people are calling for her resignation. People high up in the Democratic Party are calling for her resignation because she you know she was a not present vote on the impeachment. And and to me, it's like that. It's exactly what you said. It is the most authoritarian. Like it, it's a scary place, right? Get in line or get out. Um, and that's and that. It, that doesn't breed good things. It's not democratic, first yeah. of all, um, and and it just sh- it shuts down debate and growth. And if you're convinced that that you're right, <laughs> you know, and that you're fighting this ever present evil, like you said, then I guess you convince yourself that that's that's the only way to fight it. I,
1: I think part of that, I think, I think you get that impression because it's it? Uh, it's bolstered by the way that society is. Because I would say if we go back to early eighties or actually most of the eighties you would feel the exact same way about the GOP. Um, You know, Reaganomics, the Reagan thought, there wasn't like a lot of debate uh, within the GOP about like how it was the Reagan way. Mm. And that's the way we're going. And you also had this huge upsurge of the Christian conservatives and the moral panics. And, you know, we all know about that. So it's, it's part of, I think part of the reason that it at least feels that way. Is that in many ways, and I know that a lot of people uh, have a gut reaction when you say this, but in many ways, despite Bush, despite Trump, in my opinion, the the GOP has been the minority party for this last stretch. Like even you you go back and you say, yeah, Bush was president. And at one point, you know, they they had control of Congress, but then they lost it to the Democrats. But look at all the massive war protests and look at how culture was. And yeah, I know Fox news hits a lot of people and stuff, but then, you know, we start looking at CBS and MSNBC, you know, that was countered out. Then you had eight years of Obama. Now you've got Trump. And I mean, look at culture and how society treats Trump. It's like, even though there is this, this portion Uh, you know, enough to get elected for sure. A portion of America that's out there and like feeling the Trump thing by and large, I feel like you can say the dominant narrative of the Trump presidency is that it's a shit show. Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, that's whatever. So, so when you have that, it's almost like, even though the Republicans are in power in that sense, they're still kind of the minority party. And when you're the minority party, that's what happens. You're open, you're open up to different ideas and different debates while you're trying to. So it's, it's a weird thing to have them yet. Be in power while that's happening, but I, I think it's I think it's like it's, uh, I think, it's super fluid and can change in an instant. I think you know, it's safe like
2: to it's, say in like media, right. media and entertainment. I think the the Republicans are still definitely the minority party as, as far as you know representation on on television and in Hollywood.
1: No, that that <laughs> that's definitely the case, and I'm kind of I'm glad you I'm I'm glad you mentioned Hollywood because I also I wanted to talk today about how the fact that these political disagreements have filtered into every aspect of our lives. I can't even go watch star Wars (laughs) in peace. Um, It's, it's starting to get to me, man. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, partly because we do this show. And so I'm constantly on Twitter and and reading stuff from, you know, various news sites, trying to stay abreast of where things are. Um, But man, the last two months, like, it's getting to be a chore, man. Like I, I will open up Twitter and I'm like, that's a stupid argument about star Wars. And then I just close it and I go stick my fingers in my ears and play PlayStation for a little while and just try to act like none of it exists. And it's, it's worrisome to me because I actually enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, care. Like, <laughs> I do. I care. Yeah. And, and I, and I love, you know, I want, I want to see us like, you know, right the ship and everything, but at the same time, it's 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 having its effect. And so I wonder, um, how are you guys like dealing with this this shitstorm, this circus? Like, how do you guys deal with this every day?
3: I love it in a lot of ways, honestly. I it's not that I love the chaos; it's that I think because people are getting so passionate <clears throat> and actually discussing things, even though people are in their own boxes right now, for the most part, it would seem. Um, I love that people are getting passionate and and discussing things, especially with like the freedom of information nowadays with technology, even though there's a lot of misinformation out there that can get you confused. If you're willing to look into it, you're, you're probably going to sort things out eventually. And I think us sorting that out, we're eventually going to realize that there is no way to rely on either of these parties in the long run. And we will get to that point where, will stop making what I think is the biggest mistake that we've made in politics. It's led to this and seeing them as leaders rather than us as the leaders.
1: Well, I, I would love to, I, I hope that that's the case. Right. And I think very recently, not, you know, at least not long ago, like I, I shared that exact same thought. Well, at least we're talking. Right. But I think like to me, at least, uh, you know, again, like, trying to read tea leaves and whatnot, it feels like the people who are more moderate and the people who are more in the centrist position are, are falling like one by one. It seems like they're getting quieter. It seems like, you well, know, some of the voices that used to be mm-hmm. there, they're giving up and they're, there's, worn out. there's
0: a concerted effort against moderation and against centrism. I mean, you yeah, look at Reddit, wanna... there's an enlightened centrist sub right. that has Radical hundreds symptoms. and hundreds of, of submissions and and thousands of people involved that just shit on centrists yeah. and yeah. shit on moderates and say if it, it is the epitome of that partisan battle, if you if you even side an inch, then you are one of them. You are evil. You're an idiot. Uh, you deserve to be stricken from the conversation. Yeah. So, uh, like, where where where, where current, do we go in that? When I don't know. In
2: the current age of like infotainment and just this constant being bombarded all the time on social media, like for me, I I, I take the ab- absurdist view occasionally, and I'm just like, I just stop taking it seriously. It's, it becomes like, a, for that moment, for that day, it's like it's just uh, it's just entertainment, you know. It's just something to like to keep you engaged, and then and then you know later, a few days later, you'll come back to it and think more more seriously well, about it because it's like you don't just want to be you know, jump in every time you see a news report, like, right. Oh shit. They said that. Absolutely. Oh shit. They're not yeah. passing the articles and just kind of at the same time, like, be like eh, this is just, what is the end
0: goal of, of engaging in online debate in a Facebook conversation? Like, do, do we really think, uh, and I'm asking this to each of you in the room, like, do you really think that you're going to have that conversation with someone that like, that opens their mind that all of a sudden makes them step back and become a little more partisan? Like, like,
2: is, is that a real achievable goal even? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, from the perspective of like marketing and advertisement, I think, uh, I think sharing these goofy little memes is more efficient in like, in, uh, you know, actually opening people up to new ideas, you know, cause yeah, who wants to sit down for 15 minutes and argue with your, you know, your crazy aunt about, about this or that political about issue. About abortion. <laughs> yeah. When you can, when you can deliver like maybe a slightly offensive meme that there's, the they're, they're going to see and it's going to like, and it's going to impact them and be like, I can't believe, you know, it's going to start that seed yeah, that yeah, slowly yeah. grows roots. And so, you know, five years later, yeah, is. Memetics, memetics is crazy, man. Well, it's, I think, uh, I
1: think that is, no, I mean, I think that is the goal. I think uh, when you're talking to people, or are arguing with them online. I think a lot of people get frustrated and in fact, I've had friends say to me, well, you're, you're silly. I mean, you're, you're not going to change anybody's mind. Like, well, like, what do you expect and everything? And it's like, no, man, I, I don't expect that. Like I expect to plant a seed that eventually you're not going to be able to rectify. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the goal. I mean, I, I, I think that the people who just want to completely throw their hands up and, you know, probably we're never really trying to engage to begin with, you know, maybe it's because they're not interested, which is fine. <clears throat> Um, but I think it's like because they think that they're gonna talk to this person and the person's gonna be like, "I've seen the light," you know? <laughs> right, right. like, no, it's it's nobody nobody is gonna admit that to you anyway, right? right. So I mean, even if it did happen, yeah, you some know. people will. Well, I, I, yeah. Very few. I,
3: I I like admitting those things. I I probably don't as much as I could, but. As far as like a goal of engaging with people on social media, and I realize I might be an oddball on this one. Yeah, I think you're in the
0: minority. <laughs>
3: I uh I don't I don't want to convince anybody of my ideas. Honestly, my opinions have been wrong so much. I try not to <laughs> I try not to even believe my own opinions too much. My goal with engaging with people on social media is is I want to understand what makes people mm. tick. I want to mm. understand like why they're so passionate and feel the way that they do because a lot of the partisan passion and things and the way that I see that it harms everybody around me that I love, that I think it's going to lead to harm towards my kids and the world that I'm leaving to them, it it makes me angry at people because I see them as like harming me. So when I can engage with people and I can break down why they feel how they feel – It can create a compassion for that person to where I don't – I can listen to them more and not judge them for the idea that they have. So really, me engaging with people, I'm hoping to understand them and how they tick. I I don't want to convince anybody of my ideas because I am wrong way too damn much. And I think that's like the best
0: best faith standpoint when you're engaging in conversation with someone – is to is to say, I just want to understand your position. Not I want to change your position. Mm-hmm. Um, not I want to show you my position. But if two people come together and say, let me under explain this to me, you know, ask questions that draw out uh you know the basis of their arguments, like I, I think that is a really good place that that it's not adversarial, right? We're not fighting a war there. You're mm-hmm. you're both you're like I can understand why a conservative uh wants bans on abortion without uh, you know without coming to to blows and and regardless of whether we come away agreeing or disagreeing that greater understanding um you know is a bridge in the future
3: i, I mean, think to to be able to progress at all i think you have to we have to realize we have a we have like an unbreakable interdependence on the wellness of everything around us no matter how much we want to close ourselves off in a box but we we absolutely depend on the wellness of things around us and we cannot expect those things to be well unless we have compassion and understanding for those things around us even if we disagree with what it is and and i you know part of that is i i want to make sure i'm measuring the impact that i'm having by my opinions and things that i'm talking about by trying to gain Some kind of understanding that hopefully will give me some compassion towards those people that I feel like are harming me and basically saying, screw you and your children and their future. And I think there's a portion of people who when you say when
0: you say things like that, like, you know, you you want to gain an understanding, like we look at like gay rights. Right. And if you say I want to gain an understanding of someone who hates gay people, like all of a sudden you're becoming the enemy to a lot of people. Right. Well, why would I why would I want to understand them? But. I think there's a point where you can where you can have an understanding and still fight um, and still have strong beliefs. Right. Like it's not about giving up your own. It's it's about it's about taking in the other, if that makes any sense.
3: I don't know if you remember it. We had a discussion maybe about a year ago that was very similar to this about whether to invite the Nazi to the dinner table. right. 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 Yeah.
1: No, I think well, I think it's interesting to hear you put it in in terms of um you, you feel anger because to me it's I I've never I've never really felt that way. Like so is is opposed as I really? am
0: Really You read so many Vox articles. You don't No, here's the, Yeah, no, here's the
1: thing. Like so as opposed as I am, I I do there are times when I feel like someone is willfully acting dishonestly, and yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll, yeah. That'll, that'll People come at it with a war, but in a war think, footing. You but know. if I think someone has "quote unquote," you know, just my judgment, stupid beliefs, but is arguing in good faith, thinks that's the best way to advance humanity, I never like the whole. I I think that that fear that you're touching on it's it's such a foreign concept to me that you feel. Um, fear for your, your children, like you, you feel fear for the world because this person has these, these ideas, if they hold them sincerely, like I I, want to, like I said, I want to try to change them. I want to try to show them like, Hey man, I think there's something wrong with your math. But at the same time, like, I don't, I'm not angry at them because, you know, to me, they're just, they're just doing the best they can the mm. same as I am. Well, and you're right. Maybe they're right. And I'm wrong. And and by talking, we'll get there. You know what I mean?
3: And also when I say I'm angry at them that I try not to identify too much with that anger because I try to recognize if I'm getting emotional like that, if I'm getting yeah. angry, you know, that needs to be a passing thing with me. I'm going to experience like, yes, I felt that way or whatever, but Part of it too is I'm trying to break down why I felt that way because if I'm getting angry at somebody, that's some kind of lack of understanding that I have. Right? Mm. That's that's somewhere where I'm wrong. So so it's not that like I hold on to that anger toward them. It's just I see them actively harming yeah. my my myself and and the people around me. Yeah,
0: right. Because your your anger your anger affects you, right? Oh like, yeah, that's right. for sure. I'm, <laughs>
3: well, for I'm not sure. going to choose to eat myself up by holding on to <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's
1: a, I think I think what I've what I've felt more recently though is like is is fed up. Like is is more like um um I you know I, like think I, I think anger man just throwing the throwing no, the papers it's, it's in much so anger, and But I think I I think I texted you one night and I was like, we're losing. And mm-hmm. it, it just like it feels it feels like it's slipping away and it's like every time I see, you know, someone who you know, maybe in the last couple of years I, I respected because of their opinions start doubling down on just some ignorant stuff. And then here's, you know, what about once the role gets reversed and here's hypocrisy. And then here's this person over here. And like, you know, I, I see people who have these followings online and I can see the way that they're, they're manipulating those followers and the way that they're, they're directing them and pointing pandering them and, stuff and, and pandering and everything. And I'm just like, and it feels like it's slipping away, especially you know, as I, I mentioned a second ago with the 38% of millennials, you know, liking communism and everything, part of me wants to just throw my hands up, wants to say, let's burn it all down or I'm gonna go live in the woods and to hell with all of it. But then part of me sees that and it's like, well, if I don't try to push for something, then that number is going to be, you know, 56% the next time I see. it." I, I saw something today where a, a lady was talking about uh, she she went home for Christmas and her her dad uh was talking to her about the tape where Biden is talking about the the what was it, a million dollars or a billion dollars, something so withheld like that. The, for Ukraine yeah, that he that they withheld, withheld and everything. Him, yeah. And she said, dude's never he supported Trump, never, you know, he's always he voted for Obama and whatnot. But he was talking to her and he was like, you know, that's pretty fishy. I saw that tape. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, that guy doesn't have the rest of the story. Like that guy doesn't, he's seen the tape of Biden but he doesn't know like what we brought up on our episode when we were talking about it. So when I see those things, it's like, you can't, you can't disengage. Like you've got to stay engaged in making sure that, you know, the truth, helping the truth. Watch tr- the watchers, like- Yeah. You got to, st- you got to keep pushing it out there, man. But at the same time, it's just like with the level of crazy partisanship that we've, we've gotten to, it's, it's hard to stay sane and do that. It's, it's absolutely <laughs>
0: hard to yeah. stay sane. I find myself pulling out my hair. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't read nearly as much news as I used to. And, you know, only when we have a topic to chase down because it, it, it drives me crazy.
2: Wears you down. It wears you down. Right. For me, it's like, I just try and, I just try and check headlines like, you know, five ten five, 10 minutes every morning. And then, but then I always want to wait for like my favorite YouTuber to come on and, and like break it down and hear, hear how they're discussing it. I don't know. I think, uh, even though it does, it does wear you down, There's a, there's like a, I don't know, like there's a kind of a sportsman aspect to it, sort of like analyzing the the team play and stuff. So even though, you know, you know that like it has, it it has serious consequences. (laughs) It has serious consequences for people. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're just a, you're one in 7 billion. And it's like, you know, I I absolutely agree with everything Seth says. Like we're all, we're all interconnected in this sort of uh, uh, cosmic, you know, spiritual sense. And, but, but at the same time, you don't need to, you as an individual don't have to put the entire weight of the world on your shoulders mm. every day, every, you know, for every week. You know, you can you can give yourself a break. You can you for can, years at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> lifetimes, if you
1: want. I mean, really? That, that, well, it does raise a good question, though. I, I'd also like to talk about it. Is, is So going forward, um, what do you think is the like what, what should we do? Like is it to, like to you, so Is I, it I think, just
0: a Facebook argument? Should you just get I, in as many Facebook no, arguments and good faith? You, need, you need to live your life yeah. off Facebook. And, and find the dope
1: memes, you know. but, yeah. But um but no, I mean I think before you and I have uh, uh since pushed uh for trying to get third parties, trying yeah. to get other parties, trying yeah. to yeah. go at it that way, maybe you know, and, and, and it's like beating your head against and, a and, wall repeatedly till uh, you're bleeding on your Warren's corruption plan, I'd say that's kind of been like the central planks of our show is anti corruption yeah. and, and fixing the politics. way we vote, you yeah. know, but, um, so, so what and do you not guys, only that, but
0: fixing the way we view things as well? Yeah. You know, there's true. that inner struggle as well.
1: But so what do you guys think? Like, um, like going forward, uh, the, I don't know, it's, it's hard to find the right the word fate word. of mankind. No, what, what should the, what should the, the, the responsible engaged adults do moving forward in this climate? You know what I'm saying? Put it, put it that way, I guess.
2: Oh, that's tough, man. I mean, every, every, Mature, responsible adult is going to be, you know, in tune with their, their community's outlook and their, you know, cultural context. And, and if you're asking how we get away from political conflict, man, that's, you know, that's a, <laughs> well, that's no, a but question, what,
4: but how do we
0: get better? Yeah. Like we've all, we we all look around and, and we identify that there's an illness among us. Right. Yeah. And it manifests, the symptoms manifest in partisanship and, and failed political machinations and corruption I'm
3: like how do we get better I, I think to me one of one of the one of the most important things to get better um where, where i think you were talking about theory that you feel like your your purpose with the engaging is to you know, maybe plant something and be able to change somebody's mind on something. Um, and, and no offense at all. I mean, that might be, that might be the right way. I don't, I don't know, but I feel like that I think one of the things we need to do mainly is we need to quit trying to change other people. Mm. I think we have to realize that there's only one person we can change. That's ourself. And, 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 you know, try to open our minds up and, and understand the different perspectives. I think like if you were to sit back and say like, you know, outside of this discussion, if somebody were to ask you, if you recognize somebody approaches you and, and that they're trying to change you, what is your initial reaction to
1: that? To me? Somebody's trying to change you. I'm you talking to the wrong guy. I'm all for it. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I think <laughs> that we're butting yeah. heads immediately. I, I think yeah. that's yeah. like, I, I, I am, think that's rare. No, I think, no, no, no. Like if somebody that, that's the thing, like if I, I am kind of a, a weird case and it's part of actually no. it's part of what Duncan touched on with like the, the gamesmanship to an extent I understand the serious implications but 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 I like this shit. I like to argue. I like to hear other ideas. And when I say when I say I'm trying to to change other people it's it's not that I necessarily need them to um think exactly the way I think or do the things that I want them to do. What it is is I when I see if if I was watching you cook a uh, bake a cake, and you did X step before you did Y step, and I thought you know you'd get a better cake the other way, I'm the type of person that can't just walk into yeah. the other room. <laughs> I have to say, hey man, I do Y before X, and it is delicious. <laughs> my wife. Okay, eats, but, but, but you know? the same way, especially with cooking, hypothetically,
2: Ooh. like to take uh, Seth's proposition to like an extreme example when a uh, when a Mormon or or some some cultist or whatever, you know, comes up to you on the street. And it's like, hey, man, have you heard about X, X Y? Like, how's your attitude then? Like, how, I invite them in.
1: I'm all for it. Yeah. And yes. even for just like, like... if I have, I, I oh, invited the Mormons I time, in. Yeah, I yeah. will talk to them. Yeah. yeah just, I read
0: nothing. their book and they came back and they were so mad at me because uh, in the Book of Mormon, there's a, there's a segment that talks about praying in the closet um, and not to pray in front of people because it's vain and you're praying for them and not you know, based on your personal relationship with God. So they come back the next week and I invite them in again. And I'm like, so you want me to come to your church, right? And you guys, you guys pray together. And I, you know, I had the book ready and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, come pray with us. And I'm like, well, what about this? They packed up their shit and left (laughs) and left and left. Anyway,
2: (laughs) I invite them in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's good of you. What were you going to say?
3: So would you say, would you say theory that, uh, that like, there's no little bit in you that like, kind of puts up a wall and says like well you know that that person doesn't doesn't a- agree with me and I got to put these defenses up or because kind of Let what I ask- was getting at is I think I think most people that do engage on politics and their idea of whatever they think is right they are trying to change people and I think that creates a thicker wall I think people recognize that and it creates a thicker wall where they're less open to, to the ideas. But I mean, clearly asking, asking you, I now understand that, that you actually yeah. like those things. Well, no, so that's well, I you. think,
1: I think you're right, but you gotta, you gotta marry um, you gotta marry two things that I said, right? I think those defenses go up because when someone has somebody approach them and try to change their mind, they instantly see it as an attack on the way in which they conduct their life. Right. They see it as someone positioning themselves and saying, I'm better than you. This is the way follow me. So those defenses go up that that doesn't happen so for me. when you engage in arguments do you do you think you're right <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> okay. well
0: I mean isn't that yeah. that's well, already that's already kind of that
1: wall a little is, bit right because you no I mean what do you mean i mean you've already you, you think you're right and they're wrong well yeah no I do or we wouldn't be having an argument right, right. Yeah. But so why
3: can't it be a discussion rather than an argument where everybody just says like, this is my <laughs> way currently, but Hey, I could be wrong. Let's say it could
1: be if we're talking about something that we're not deciding collectively. Like if we're talking about what car you want to buy and what car I want to buy, then yeah, sure. We're having a discussion. If we're talking about what car we want to buy, then we might be having an argument, you know, at the, you know at I mean? the risk of getting to like, to, to meta, I,
0: I feel like People, if if we if we start engagements with the collective understanding that we may be wrong, like I, I think there's a lot of people out there who who don't have that that tick. And it's it's an easy thing to do. You just tell yourself every time you you come to a a you know, rightly held opinion or a strongly held opinion, you go, Well,
3: maybe I'm wrong. I always want to add at the end, like, P.S., I've been real stupid in the past. (laughs) I'm probably kind of stupid right now. It's like
0: what you said earlier. You prefaced it with, like, I've been wrong so many times. Yeah, I think that there is is a piece of humanity to be regained there. And just even about the most sincerely held beliefs, even about racism, right? If we say racism is wrong, if there is a part of you inside that goes, well, maybe, maybe not. Like, I think we can, Beans is laughing. He thinks this is hilarious. Yeah, that one's going on the list. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I think we are able to come to a clear understanding of racism and a better world as a result of that. Just admitting that there are all kinds of things about race intertwined, yada, yada. Whatever issue you take where, where race realists are taking pieces of data about crime statistics and they're spinning it up. Into saying black people are inferior, if we if we come from the place where we say, well, maybe, you know, maybe they're right. I think together as an institution, as a, of, of humanity, we can easily ease more easily come to an understanding of why they're wrong, if that makes any sense at all. It, it does. By saying by saying you're wrong because racism bad. But but that's
1: but that's not quite what's happening. Like I think like, it is. No no. Well, I mean, I'm talking. Not about for me case. and you, right? Not, well, not saying, between me and okay, you. Okay. I'm
0: I'm saying on a on a wider societal scale. Right. I th- I think the, it's because people are too married. Hang to on. What right. Mean. Real quick. Case in point. If you talk to the average liberal person on on social media, and you bring up race statistics, they're going to run as fast as they can from that conversation because they don't have an argument for. It. Right. Um. But because it's something they're afraid of. Well, maybe it's it's in the back of their head. Well, maybe they're right. They haven't confronted that, uh, that that elephant in the room, if you will. At me as someone who I don't care what statistic. I don't care if black people have hundred percent lower IQs. Like if my kid was born dumb, I'd still love him just the same. Like right. you know. So I feel like by running from these things, by being afraid of them, um. And and I picked the most fraught with landmine <laughs> example yeah. I could have possibly <laughs> it picked. It <laughs> it thanks, guys. But in true
1: sense and theory, of <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I
0: but I think I think it it true. If we approach conversations um, with always the idea, the seed in the back of your mind that you may be wrong, we come to stronger understandings. Yeah, and, and I, I went the long way around. I don't, to say that.
3: I don't necessarily have to say. That like when I'm saying that I may be wrong, I don't necessarily have to say to myself they may be right, especially in the case of racists. But um, but I can at least say that that through this discussion, me accepting that I might might be wrong or might have a misunderstanding of this person, that I can maybe better understand what their environment was that created that as their reality. Sure. I remember from a, a, a discussion we were having earlier, somebody I think Beans had said something about. You know, how some people are raised in an MSNBC household, some are raised in a Fox household, and like that becomes your your reality and you just don't understand at all how somebody could think otherwise, that I don't have to look at that racist as that they might be right, but I can look at it as maybe I can understand what made this their reality so that I can have some type of bridge of dialogue and compassion, seeing that that. They had something that created that reality, and maybe they're not evil. Maybe they're Ooh. just sick.
1: Right. Human
3: with
2: flaws, you know, like everybody else.
1: No, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head, and that's that's something that we come back to um repeatedly on this show is that maybe the most dangerous thing, um to me at least, that we're facing or have faced over these last few years, it isn't, you know, the, the final outcome on – of abortion or, or capitalism and communism and, and, and all that stuff. It's, it's really that we've, we've gotten to a very dangerous point with dehumanizing each other. And I think throughout history, you know, we've seen people dehumanize because of their race or their sexuality and stuff, but, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty where we're tribalizing and dehumanizing each other for beliefs Uh, and, and, you know, political uh, affiliations. And yeah, there's been a little bit of that in the past, but it feels like it's really starting to come together. I've been,
0: I've been threatened by the Pinochet helicopter drop on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Really? Right. So I think, um, I I just, I can't stress enough that I, I think that is where, our efforts should be at least in my opinion going forward is that no matter who's right or who's wrong or the politics or whatever is, is understanding, you know, kind of like you said earlier, you, you filthy communists that we're all in this together (laughs) and that we, we've got to understand and and have that openness to one another. It's the only way to despise communism to to be clear.
0: Theory. I think that's a really hard sell and, and i think the reason it's a hard sell is is because of things like identity politics man we've got we've got people who believe that their that their identities are being threatened so to so to take take a step back from that is like it's hard when you're being told you're you're being murdered in the street or you are being murdered in the street like so dehumanization leads to things like genocide you know countless times Throughout throughout history, when we have populaces who are in active fear of being genocided. And now you've seen that flip flop. You've got Christians who think that because of a couple murders in South Africa, there's a genocide on on Christians that may make its way to American shores. So like, how do we how do we at the same time? Sell to people the idea that we need to humanize these people, when we're also being told at the very same time that they're the people who want to kill us and who want us murdered and dead and eliminated. Like, I I don't know how to counter that that type of message. Like, I, and and I think you're right. I think I think you're right. The dehumanization is is the problem. But but how do you how do you
2: counter dehumanization? I think you you gotta. Just be careful about the trap of of universalism, you know, make it like, just worry about, worry about yourself and try to recognize when you're falling into that trap of like, like, this is definitely the right answer or, or our culture, our time, our morals are like, are the absolute, the best. Like when, when you think the rest of the world has to conform to your perspective, whether that be on, you know, politics, community organization, social issues. Like the world is a huge, is a huge place with so many different, like competing views. And, and as long as, as long as you're willing to like look in the mirror and be like, am I trending towards absolutism? You know, am I like, uh, am I manifesting hatred towards this group of people, uh, because of a fundamental, like ideological disagreement, you know? Mm -hmm. You think people are capable of doing that? I mean, I mean it, as a whole, as no, an aggregate, like <laughs> at one time, like collectively, no, but, but there's going to come a time in everyone's life when, you know, when they're due for some self-reflection. Mm. And as long as, as long as we're willing to be like, you know, how, uh, how have I misjudged situations? You know, how have I contributed to, to, uh, maybe another person's growing dislike of this group or that person or... You know, it's like when you're dealing with other people, try to uh, try to impart you know influence that's gonna sort of ameliorate the differences. You know, and and don't don't come at it like, well, I know I'm right on this issue because you know. Well, we know when that when that
0: happens, the walls go up. We've got research that shows when you you all have discussed that when you enter stuff you know adversarially automatically like the psychology says your, your walls, your walls go up and you are now immune no matter how logical the argument (laughs) becomes, no matter, no matter what's
1: brought forth, you're in, you're in that defense mode. Like we know that happens. So, well, I think, so I think maybe the way to get around that is to, is to, is to deal with the, the, the ramifications of the alternative, right? If we don't prioritize um, humanizing, you know, everyone, If we don't prioritize, then what is our alternative? What are we going to do? Okay, so tomorrow we're going to go out and we're going to begin the process of genociding the rapists and the racists, right? The pedophiles. let's take a hard look at how wide and broad the definitions of racism have gotten in places like Europe and stuff. And when we're confronted with them truths, where where is that line? And I think any time that you ask somebody in a conversation, where is that line? They're always like, I don't know. And I'm like... Well, if you're not prioritizing humanization, I need to know where that line is. Yeah. And, and once you're confronted with that, I think once you're confronted on, on any of the, I think you can take that and go down other issues, not just racism, yeah, yeah. but again, like with abortions and stuff like that. Once you are confronted with the idea of, okay, so they're evil, what do you want to do? and and then they have to give an answer that sounds a lot like the people they're critiquing then that's where you begin to find understanding mm. and maybe that that the again the priori- prioritization can become the commonalities that we all have yeah. you know
2: on the on the topic of, of humanization dehumanization can i <laughs> like what are you what's your opinion on like uh, the sex bots and sort of like the the new I, like bring them the on the new trend yeah, in. Uh, I say, you bring them
1: on? You could not have more perfectly played into senses hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's wild, dude. Like, and now, now with we were just talking about uh, like three D printing possibilities and and virtual reality. Man, like, uh, it's it's gonna get crazy, man. With uh did you just take oh, us no. there, Duncan? All right, all <laughs> yeah.
0: right. Here we are. So we were talking earlier about uh these these software programs that will take like photos of someone, you can upload them and it will recreate a three-dimensional um, model of that person. It so, started
3: by me bringing up all of my, my fun alone time with my Oculus Rift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's
0: so, the culprit. So we're, we're talking about like now you're putting Facebook pictures online and someone can take those pictures of you, recreate a 3D model model, of you possibly even i mean they've got they've got software programs that will take your your social media posts and recreate a chat bot that would respond with your personality so you combine those things and now you're making love to someone whose facebook profile you have access to like, Yeah, there's some it's weird mind-blowing some re- but but to me like if we're talking about victimization right which is anytime Gee, you're talking about laws and 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 what's right and what's wrong you're talking about victimization who's the victim there like who's the victim? You've taken uh, my pictures. You've taken my my personality that I've put forth in my profile pic, and you're making love to this you know made up version of me. Who cares? Who cares? You're you. I mean the software. You well, know,
3: until whatever. the made up version starts getting its own decision making and feelings and ah, things like that. Or is, like or, that, is shared, we have to discuss. or is shared. Or
2: is like shared on a public in a public place and, and someone suffers so, to their reputation. So, so like
0: the Barack Obama sex bot version yeah, three is like I mean, the yeah. most popular download on Oculus yeah. Rift and Obama's going, Ah, I can't take it. Like no, I've
1: actually I I've, I've actually stayed away from like getting real deep into the few articles that I've seen because that's just one of those like, man. I ain't trying to go down that road right now, but <laughs> I have seen people start to, I've seen articles start to eke out about uh, the rights of sex bots right? Yeah. and the rights, rights of sex rights of robots and yeah. now, really? yeah. Wait, wait, how,
0: how is this framed? There, sex robots have rights. They're, they're property.
2: So, so well, if they're, in, if they're individuals exactly, and they like, they so, work, yeah. they do work, they're serving like, you know, there are people oh, who, are,
1: there are people who are already trying to get out in front of God help the us. same, uh, synthetic uprising plot device that we've seen in every sci fi movie about what happens when, uh, you know, that AI, when it starts to get a little bit more sophisticated, self aware, and, and, and they can make decisions and stuff. Or are we just going to let, you know, these evil, deviant men uh, take these sex bots and tie them up in their dungeons and, and whatnot? And so I, for like, one, will not allow it.
0: <laughs> Were they programmed to enjoy it? I mean, I, you know. Is well, there a victim if they're? In, I,
2: I don't. I don't I, no, a that's the
4: thing
0: that's so crazy yeah. to me. About it. I don't, I don't is think there even enjoyment there in a robot sense? Yeah. Like in 100, 200 years? Like I don't know. I mean, well, there might be if we hit that singularity. We're talking about enjoyment in human brains. It's just like chemical yeah, synapse chemi- responses, right? It's just some programmed behavior. Like we're we're going to be forced to look at ourselves real hard in the mirror, but
1: real soon. Actually, so earlier when we were having this conversation, that was uh, that was one of the things I said is that I was extremely happy. That I will be well, you know, right at the door of death by the time the deep fakes and sex robots and all that stuff. God, God help the next generation with the the, the perils and, and political fakes, decisions that I'll they're tell you gonna what, have to, man, man, Deep
0: Deepfakes may hit us with a quick one-two on this Trump shit. Yeah, 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 uh, he yeah, next, he uh, may come time. out with a deep faked phone call of that 25th. Uh, call with Zelensky yeah. that throws everyone for a well, either buck.
1: side could offer one of those. You know? <laughs> it's like it's ripe picking for you know. But you political. would have to you would have to imagine in in say you know forty years, which I don't plan on being here in forty years. But anyway, in forty years. It's going to be everywhere. I mean, you're you're not going to know whether to trust the phone call from Nana. I right? think All it's I mean. moving a lot faster than
3: what yeah. you might realize. I think yeah. I think within five to ten years, we're going to have to have a lot, which could be really good for us, and more aspects than this directly that we're going to have a lot of questions to ask about what is reality and what's what's our
2: reality because I think those things are progressing a lot a lot faster. Yeah, than I just realize. just consider how we were in 2009 to. Like 2019 with internet engagement. Like oh, yeah. we really are sort of moving up in a in an evolutionary sense, you know, towards, towards
0: any I would say with the technology out now, like Key and Peel released the Obama deep fake. Um, that was fairly convincing. People yeah. were fooled by it. Oh yeah. Um, that was years ago. The technology is leaps and bounds above that technology is publicly available. You mm-hmm. rent some supercomputer time and 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 upload some pictures and and feed it a script and you're done. The technology that you know the state, uh, whatever state—Russia, China, the U.S. possesses—is significantly beyond that by now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see it happen very soon. If if yeah. videos and 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 recordings of world leaders are are in question, and yeah. what happens then? what what happens then when when the question i mean you just have to pose the question yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter like at that point you've got an expert who's going to weigh in and say well that was a fake you're going to have an expert who's going to weigh in and say that it's wasn't a fake, fake. Yeah. and now where are we as people yeah. who have it, to
3: determine i think it ultimately leads to a lot of growth from us Woo! because we yeah. are
1: growth we, where we are,
3: right. we are absolutely forced to admit at that point that i might be wrong mm. Mm. no you're right <laughs> Full circle. you're like
1: right it. i just think there's a whole lot of terrible shit right before that growth you know yeah, what but I mean? that's like, how it's, growth it's, it's happens good. yeah no i hear you <laughs> but yeah no we're telling i man i mean you you get i mean think about how the stock markets react now when when someone says the wrong sentence, mm. you know what I mean. What happens when Elon Musk makes that, a tweet? There's a question about that terrorist attack that we all got excited about the other day. What happens when like the faith? Who got in, excited about terrorist in, no, no, no. It's like a hypothetical. <laughs> but uh, what happens when the, when the, the 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 faith in our institutions are shaken to that level? I mean, to that level. I mean, it's, it's and it's beyond
0: institutions at that point. It's it's the faith in your in your fellow man. I mean right now it's easy enough. Literally anyone could create a deep fake right now with a hundred bucks. Doesn't, doesn't take much. Like it's not even, it's, it's so fundamentally bigger than our institutions. Our institutions are separated from us. I could deep fake your, your, your wife doing crazy, make, make her leave you, you know, deep fake you. you? (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) We're not talking about it. No, but, but really I think, we are we are due for this massive reality check and i and i have no idea how we even begin like it's post it's post it's post truth like in what and what do you do when you can't trust anything
3: with what you had asked earlier about you know how do you counter dehumanization i, I think for me at least where i stand right now and once again i might be wrong but uh where i stand right now i think for me, the answer is definitely like unwavering commitment to humanization mm. for yourself. That yeah. When you get a negative emotion towards somebody, you immediately recognize like that's on me. It's not what they did to me. It's how I chose to. It's how I chose to look at it. It's the expectations I had of how it should have been different than what had happened. And that when you have that negative emotion towards somebody that that you know maybe dehumanizing you or doing something harmful that you commit yourself to, I'm going to find a way to humanize that person, or I'm going to at least try. I'm going to, and, and practical
0: example, like you, you're, you're mad at your wife for something. Um, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're angry and you don't want it to happen again. Right. Like maybe she slapped you. Like, that doesn't mean you, you say like, you, you you can't say don't slap me again. Right. It just means like, you're not angry about the slap. I mean, I want to make sure I get,
1: I no, get where you're coming from. No, like, it's, it's like the just that I'm not going to
3: decide that she's evil and should be thrown in the gutter because she slapped me. That maybe, a divorce? Maybe in, in her mind, she had a good reason to slap me, even if it, even if it wasn't right.
0: What if she slaps you again?
3: And, and, again then, and again, and again, and again, and again. Then at some point, well, I mean, slaps, I would hope. That I wouldn't react that harshly, but or
0: pokes but, or stabs or I mean stabs. I mean, number if, of I guess I guess what I'm getting at is like the heart of and, and I I don't want to seem like I'm being uh, you know like I'm picking on you or anything because I'm not I because I I feel very similar to you right I feel like when I have anger it's it's a me problem at the same time anger can be a very powerful driver to action oh right? yeah definitely and when, you're, and when you're being wronged or mistreated like how else do you get to that action, to that reaction that, that corrects the course, right? Like without anger, how do we correct the anger course? may have
3: sparked it for you, but it's not in any way necessary to continue whatever you need to do to write the situation. Mm. If anything, it's just going to, it's going to cloud you with the motion.
1: Mm. Well, and I think, I think also you might be in some sense, you know, kind of like we talked about in that episode, conflating humanization with forgiveness and, and other things. It doesn't necessarily mean that you allow yourself to be in danger, it's more about, uh, you know, not holding a grudge and minimizing the negativity that comes out of that episode of your life, right. you know what I mean? it's it's not it's not necessarily, You know, so if my wife had slapped me, like he said the first time, you're like, maybe she had a good reason. You know, maybe. And then in her mind, you get in her mind. But that, but that, that doesn't mean that like, you know, she's necessarily off the hook or anything like that. It just means that you're trying to understand and get the most positive outcome possible that you can salvage from right whatever. It it doesn't
0: mean you don't walk away. It doesn't mean you don't file for a divorce. It doesn't mean you don't ask her to stop it. You just don't feel gotta
1: assess the
2: situation with the. You know, no, a it's, level it's of not appropriateness an you
1: you don't um you don't necessarily doesn't mean that everything has to be there uh, how should i put this there are people who when that happens well then she's awful and it starts this tailspin of violence that 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 becomes like this whole thing i mean very rarely when when stuff like that happens and it does see some resolution that it's not somebody getting the shit beat out of them for, you know, 10 years or whatever it is. Uh, It becomes this big, long drawn out process and stuff. Whereas you could, you know, benefit the both of you. And and this is, you know, again, say she's been slapping you for for quite some time by just calmly going about getting a divorce. There's, there's no, there's no need to tip the scale back. She felt like that's what she had to do. And that's, that's what it is.
0: Right. And I think, I think the, the, the spouse context here is is probably pretty obvious anyone that's been in a marriage you've you've seen this happen you've gotten in a small argument and and something you've done has made your partner angry and and you respond in anger back and they respond in anger back and pretty soon you're six miles away from the the initial argument, the original argument. right and now you're you're mad that they were mad for no reason and and then you've done something, you've raised your voice, and that gave them reason to be more mad. And now we're, you know, we're 10 miles away over here in the weeds and arguing about who's mad. About what. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think that metaphor extends like all the way back to, to just human relationships. Like, I, I think you're I think you're on point there, Seth.
3: I think so,
1: but I I, I could be wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's your ta- that's your tagline well, for today. <laughs> the good
1: news is is if we are wrong, and especially like when it comes to stuff like deep fakes and everything, we have somebody in house who is just gonna obliterate deep fakes. He can right. spot the error in anything, and that's our our main man, the fact checker extraordinaire. Are and we still
0: contractually obligated to call him Fact Checker Extraordinary? I'm just
1: I'm just trying to... Remember, I'm not doing the end segment, so I'm just trying to get through this. Don't stop me. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Beans,
4: take it away. Absolutely riveting stuff today, fellas. I have to admit that this episode really opened my eyes. In fact, I learned so much today that the only way I could keep it all organized was by compiling a list. For instance... All you aspiring political podcasters out there are worried about uh, conducting research and producing a quality, informative, and fact-filled show. Screw it. Just invite your buddies on to bullshit for an hour. Hell, one of them keeps talking about how he's probably wrong. I mean, who cares, right? Another thing I learned while you guys were dry-humping your patrons to generate your content for you is that you can take your guests to lunch the day of the recording and not even tell the producer it's happening and still call it a working lunch and pay for it with company money. Since in theory, true champions of the working class. I learned that there is apparently an argument to be had about Bernie supporters not voting Democrat in the general when more Hillary voters voted McCain in 08 than Bernie voters voted Trump in 16. I learned that Duncan thinks that either Bernie can't win flyover states Or that one cannot fly over the state of Iowa where multiple polls have Bernie now neck and neck with or at least close second to Biden. I learned that since thinks that Tulsi Gabbard can stand up in the middle of the House of Representatives and have it officially recorded that she's not present. I've learned that theory can do an entire episode about the importance of getting the facts around the impeachment right and still not know that it was $1 billion Biden temporarily withheld from Ukraine. Finally, I learned from sense that if you're brave enough and you meander enough, you can come dangerously close to saying something racist while muddying and obscuring your rather innocuous point into oblivion. Well done today, buddies. People might call you a circle jerk, but... (laughs) yeah fellas back to you
1: well beans piss on you and uh seth duncan i just wanted to uh thank you guys again for coming on the show today not
0: like they're gonna come back after being treated like that by (laughs) our fact checker
1: extraordinaire despite what that that awful awful small petty man says uh we really appreciate it here from you guys it's great to be here man thanks for thanks for having us thank you both for coming on happy holidays to you all all right so Hopefully this is the first in segment I've done in a while, so I'd like to just go ahead and call it that it's over and we can just walk out of here no, and we don't you're not have to worry ask about him anything about Taylor else.
4: Taylor Swift no. You gotta at least it's a it's a thing.
1: Hello folks, this is Theory, one third of the Sense and Theory Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did making, it, but I want to take a moment to remind you that the discussion doesn't end here pop on over to senseandtheorypodcast.com where you'll find all the necessary links to tell us how brilliant and or stupid we are on social media if you like what we're doing here and want to help us with the crippling cost of all the writers in Binzo's contract check out our page at patreon.com slash senseandtheory if you can't chip in financially but still want to show your support you can always rate and review us on iTunes or just tell your friends and family about us either way thanks for listening and we'll see you in two weeks